the U.S. is getting its first new nuclear reactor in 40 years. Emily Jones This coverage is made possible through a partnership with Grist and WABE, Atlanta's NPR station. The first new nuclear reactor built in the United States, in more than 40 years, is now up and running in Waynesboro, Georgia. After more than a decade of construction and spiraling costs, Plant Vogdal Unit 3, the first of two new reactors at the site, started producing power at its full capacity in May. It's expected to come online this month after a final round of tests. The completion of the new reactors is a major milestone not just for the long-delayed project but for nuclear energy in the United States. The new units at Plant Vogdal were the first nuclear construction approved in decades and are the country's only new reactors in progress. Once seen as the future of U.S. nuclear, the story of Vogdal has gotten more complicated as construction has stretched over a decade and costs have continued to climb. Its narrative is still about the promise of carbon-free energy, but it's also a cautionary tale. To support our nonprofit environmental journalism, please consider disabling your ad blocker to allow ads on Grist. Here's how. In a rational world, this would be the last nuclear power project that would be built in the United States, said University of British Columbia physicist and nuclear skeptic M.V. Ramana. When the Nuclear Regulatory Commission approved the Vogdal construction in 2012, the project was hailed as the dawn of a new nuclear age. The resurgence of America's nuclear industry starts here in Georgia, where you've just got approval for the first time in three decades to build new nuclear reactors, then Energy Secretary Stephen Chu told workers at the plant as construction got underway. In the intervening decade, the climate crisis has accelerated and the need to decarbonize has become ever more urgent, making nuclear power more appealing. Since renewable energy sources are often intermittent, relying on the sun shining or the wind blowing, many see nuclear plants as an important complementary source of power. Each Vogdal reactor can generate enough electricity to power half a million homes without burning fossil fuels. To support our nonprofit environmental journalism, please consider disabling your ad blocker to allow ads on Grist. Here's how. As we're closing coal plants, we have to replace them with something," said Georgia Public Service Commissioner Tim Eccles. That switch can make a big dent in climate warming emissions. Once both units come online, Georgia's overall carbon emissions from electricity generation are expected to drop by 5 to 10 percent, according to Georgia Tech professor Marilyn Brown, who tracks the state's emissions. That's a big number, she said. But throughout its decade of construction, the project has also been plagued by cascading delays and climbing costs. The first reactor was scheduled to come online in 2016, it's hitting that milestone seven years later. The total price tag has more than doubled to more than $30 billion. Now, utilities are looking for nuclear projects that would have a more reliable cost and schedule, said John Kotek of the Nuclear Energy Institute in Washington, D.C. They're focusing on smaller reactors that would generate hundreds of megawatts, instead of thousands like the Vogdal reactors. 
the Tennessee Valley Authority, the corporation created by New Deal legislation that manages the Tennessee River and provides electricity to Tennessee and surrounding states, has announced plans to build several of these small modular reactors, he said, while Duke Energy, Dominion Energy, Rocky Mountain Power, and Pacificorp have included new nuclear energy in their future plans. Part of the motivation for the small modular reactors here in the U.S. is that they come with a lower price tag, Kotech said. They're just physically smaller machines that cost less to build. They'll take less time to get into operation. But critics say that was the promise of Vogdal II, that it would be a new kind of reactor that's cheaper and faster to build. Ramana said there's no reason to think small modular reactors will be different. The lesson I think we should learn from this is, what works on the computer doesn't work in the real world, he said. The plant Vogdal reactors are designed called AP-1000, which developer Westinghouse said could be built cheaper and faster thanks in part to modular construction, relying on factory-made components instead of building from scratch on site. But the cost estimate jumped immediately when it came time to actually build, Ramana said, and only climbed from there. All of this was predictable, he said, because similar issues have plagued most other nuclear projects. In fact, it was predicted at the time. The public interest advocacy staff of the Georgia Public Service Commission warned that the costs could skyrocket back in 2008. They advocated for a risk-sharing mechanism to incentivize Georgia Power to keep the construction costs down and opposed plans to bill customers for the Vogdal construction while it was underway. Both proposals failed. Thanks to a 2009 state law, Georgia Power ratepayers are billed a monthly nuclear construction cost recovery fee. They will begin paying an additional monthly charge when each of the new plant Vogdal units come online. It's absolutely nonsensical that they are going to have to bear the burden of this gamble with this kind of technology, said Jennifer Whitfield, a senior attorney with the Southern Environmental Law Center. Instead of the risk-sharing idea, the Public Service Commission has the ability to review plant Vogtel costs and exclude any it deems imprudent. Advocates are gearing up for a fight over whether plant Vogtel's ever-rising price tag is prudent once both new reactors are online. Going forward, Whitfield said there are more cost-effective ways to decarbonize, such as energy efficiency improvements and solar, which is now cheaper than gas, coal, and nuclear. Proponents see nuclear as a necessary complement to those other renewables, providing what's known as baseload power all the time, instead of only when the sun is shining or the wind is blowing. But that's old-fashioned thinking, Ramana said. They just want to have coal plants without coal, he said. We'll never solve the climate problem that way. Instead, Ramana said, it will require rethinking how we manage the energy grid. There's not going to be a silver bullet solution, he said. Your support keeps our climate news free. Grist is the only award-winning newsroom focused on exploring equitable solutions to climate change. It's vital reporting made entirely possible by loyal readers like you. At Grist, we don't believe in paywalls. Instead, we rely on our readers to pitch in what they can so that we can continue bringing you our solution-based climate news. Donate now. Next article.